episode number 59 of the Healthy Life Through Menopause podcast. Hi, today we have a lovely guest on the podcast, nutritional therapist Claire Thomas, and she's going to be sharing her four pillars for surviving and thriving through menopause. So stay tuned for that. But before I introduce you to Claire, I have some exciting news. The Healthier Life Club is now open. What on earth is the Healthier Life Club, I hear you ask? Well, the Healthier Life Club is an online membership community for midlife women navigating their way through perimenopause and beyond and seeking to improve their health through simple but sustainable changes to their diet and lifestyle, all in a safe, fun and supportive group environment. The club is housed on an online portal, which you can access either on your computer or tablet or via an app on your phone. So there's absolutely no need to be on Facebook or any other social media site. What does it involve? Well, check out these amazing monthly benefits. There will be weekly challenges on a number of topics ranging from nutrition to exercise to sleep and self-care. Also, weekly recommended whole foods with nutrition information and recipes to go along with those. There's going to be lots of lively interactive group chat, downloadable resources, and you have access to your own food and mood journal. And in addition, there's actually going to be bi-monthly live group coaching with me. Plus, if that wasn't enough, a 15% discount off my one-to-one and group coaching programs should you choose to join any of those. Okay, that all sounds totally amazing, but there's a catch, right? Actually, there's no catch at all. You see, if you sign up now, you can get all of these amazing benefits for an introductory price of just £3.99 per month. What? Yes, that's right, just for the price of one cup of coffee per month. And what's more, as a founding member, you're going to be locked into this price for up to two whole years. So if you actually take advantage of the 15% discount off my one-to-one coaching, then you'll actually easily gain that money back. It really is a no-brainer. But you do need to hurry because this introductory price for founding members is only good until the 16th of July, 2023. So that's just over two weeks away from when this episode airs. So do hurry and lock yourself in for that £3.99 a month while you still can before the price goes up. What happens if you decide it's not for you? Well, if that's true, then we will be very sad to see you go, but you are totally free to unsubscribe at any time. Although because of the ridiculously low cost, there are no refunds on any months that you've already paid for. And just to be aware, if you do decide to rejoin us at a later date, you will have to sign up at the new price, whatever that might be. So this is an absolutely perfect time for you to come along and check it all out. So where can you sign up? Well, head over to bit.ly slash healthier life club and get registered today. That's bit.ly forward slash healthier life club. We can't wait to welcome you to the club. We've already kicked off. There's already lots of chat going on in the group chat and recipes and information already posted up. So do come along and join us. We can't wait to see you there. Okay, so let's move on to my interview with Claire Thomas. 
Claire is a registered nutritional therapist and NLP coach with a mission to empower you to look after yourself and enjoy life by making personalised nutrition and lifestyle changes. Claire was a children's nurse when she developed chronic fatigue syndrome, or ME, in 2012. Claire was told that she would never recover and the only options available to her were antidepressants and graded exercise therapy. As a Christian, Claire knew that God could heal, but she felt lost in the middle ground of how she could support herself in the waiting. After a friend gave her a book that combined nutrition, mindset and faith that supported her recovery, it sparked a desire in Claire to want to help others do the same. There were many ideas of how she felt she could do this, but it wasn't until 2019, a year after she was healed from her chronic fatigue syndrome, that a now or never moment occurred and an opportunity came about to leave the NHS to go back to university and retrain as a nutritional therapist. Claire graduated in 2022 with a postgraduate diploma in personalised nutrition and launched the business Nourish to Soar in August 2022, bringing together the concept of nutrition and mindset to nourish body, mind and spirit. Before we start our interview with Claire, just a quick disclaimer, the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into my conversation with the lovely Claire Thomas. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast, a show where we talk all things perimenopause so that you can be informed and empowered with great tips and strategies to help you live a healthier life through menopause and beyond. Whether or not you choose to take HRT, I believe there's so much more we can do to support our health and well-being through our diet and lifestyle, and that it's when we're intentional about our health that we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need in order to flourish in a life we love. If you're looking to find ways to navigate your way through perimenopause with calmness and confidence, then you're in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. Claire Thomas, welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. So I'm Claire Thomas, a registered nutritional therapist and NLP coach, and I'm based in sunny Devon, or it's sunny today anyway, so... Yes. Yeah, that's not too far away from where I am on the south coast, is it? So we're yes, not too far apart. Brilliant place to be. I'm biased, but I love the <laughs> country. <laughs> it is beautiful down here. And so you're a nutritional therapist. So tell us a little bit more about that and your journey to sort of getting qualified. Sure. So nutritional therapy is slightly different from, say, if you came to somebody to look at your diet, have it analysed and get some advice. I go deeper. It's about finding the root cause of what's causing your symptoms and basically creating a plan of action to create balance. So think of if you ever do weeding, if you just chop off the weed, it's okay. you don't see it and then it just springs back up. Whereas if we can get to the root and dig it up, you're more more likely to see not see that come back um so I sort of fell into nutritional therapy in a way but in a way I didn't 
So I developed chronic fatigue syndrome around uh, 12 years ago. It took a while to get diagnosed. It was still quite unknown at that point. I think since COVID, I think it has definitely become more um, understood with long COVID. But at that point, yeah, it took a while for me to be diagnosed. And I remember like I was I was told like, you will never recover. This is it. Get used to it. I was a children's intensive care nurse at the time. And, you know, I had dreams of becoming advanced nurse practitioner. I was basically being told, well, forget your career. It's over. Everything. It just felt like everything's over. Here's some antidepressants. And yeah, maybe think about some, you know, graded exercise therapy pacing. But there you go. And then there was the other side where I had my my Christian faith. And, and that's like God heals. And, you know, he will heal. And, and then you're sat in the middle going, but I don't know how to balance the the two because I know that God heals but sometimes it's not in the way that we think it's going to be sometimes we do have to help ourselves and and then there's the medical world going yeah well there's nothing you can do sorry it's like suck it up and get on with it basically and somebody gave me a book that was about nutrition mindset and faith and it brought together all the elements so it, it taught me how to look after myself what I needed to do to support my body and my mind and you know all in line with kind of biblical truth. And that sort of sparked this journey of kind of coming to this point I am now. So I recovered, thankfully, in 2018. I recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome. And it was a long battle journey of like you know, changing my diet. I did lots of work around mindset work. And, you know, it was like a gradual process to get recovered. But then I was in the background toying with the idea of I want to study nutrition and I was looking at lots of different avenues and it never felt right. And then in 2019, my job changed and it changed. So I was still nursing at that point. Um, I had gone into sort of more education within healthcare, but I was still effectively a children's nurse. And yeah, in 2019, basically my job as I knew it just was uh, taking, restructured I think is the appropriate word for it kind of changed and I was like I don't like what's being offered to me and it was just a real sense that I needed to leave work at that point and I needed to go back to university and I needed to train as a nutritional therapist it was like at that point you know how some things just happen at the right time I discovered what a nutritional therapist was and I was like oh wow that's that's what I want because it's it's you know in-depth nutrition it's mindset because I'm an NLP coach, which I did through uni as well. And I can bring in like my faith. It's like a holistic model. And I was like, brilliant. So I had this now or never moment. I was like, you know, praying and just going, well, I can wait a few months. And it was like, no, I really need to do this now. And I couldn't understand why it had to be that moment. And so I did it. I left the NHS, went back to uni and then COVID hit six months later. With chronic fatigue, there's always things behind the scenes, but then you have like some form of stress or illness that triggers it. And for me, it was probably swine flu. And so to, there was this fear if, if I was in the NHS, I might have caught COVID. And then I didn't know, I, as far as I'm aware, I've not had it. But you know, that's a real like wow. amazing thing. <laughs> like, I've not managed to, I, I literally say this going, as far as I'm aware, I've never had COVID. Um, and so. I think, you know, to be in that environment where you think you're going to get it would have been more stress. And um, if I was in the NHS through COVID and now looking at what's happening, I would have stayed because that's me. I'd have stayed. So it was almost like a 
get out of jail free card at that point. So I went back to uni for three years, did a postgraduate diploma even in personalized nutrition and did my NLP and launched my business in August. So that's quite a long story, I know, but it sort of is very much what something that wasn't great. And whilst do, would I, you know, would I choose to live with chronic fatigue? Of course not. But I am thankful for how it's got me to this point mm. right now and that I get to do what I do. Mm. So tell us a little bit about your business then. So you started in August. Um, so yes. tell us what it's called and who you serve and how you see your clients. Sure. So I run Nourish to Soar and I am, empower Christians to look after themselves and enjoy life by making personalized nutrition and lifestyle changes. Because I just believe that, you know, we're not here to just survive. We can thrive in life. And I mostly do that online um, purely because my client base is all over the country. And actually, I can support American individuals, too. So that just makes being online makes it just easier. Um, And yeah, so I love doing that. I get to see all sorts of different people and just support them through their health journey. Mm, Brilliant. Um, So here on the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast, obviously, our focus is on issues particularly around perimenopause and beyond. So it would be lovely to hear more about your experience with any clients who possibly are coming to you at this particular stage in life. Yeah, definitely. I think it is definitely becoming more prevalent that when I say prevalent, menopause has always been there. But what I mean is the knowledge of what it means and and the clients that I'm seeing are coming to me because they're sort of in this place of not understanding what's going on it can be quite a frustrating and also anxious time they feel anxiety and depressed perhaps they've not experienced that before they're sluggish they're bloated they're gaining that spare tire around the middle and they're just yeah I think there's a lot of frustration and a lot of I don't know what's going on I've done everything that I used to do and it's no longer working and that is purely because of what's going on behind the scenes and when I start to explain that to them and you can start to see actually if you what you're doing isn't necessarily wrong but we just need to make some tweaks they do start to see progress and and you can see them feeling better and almost embracing I think as a culture we don't embrace menopause we just see it as this oh you know that's you you're on the heap you're on the pile but actually the cultures research shows us cultures that embrace the menopause and see it as a you know there is a certain burden lifted of having to have children you know, you're wiser, you're older, you've lived through experiences. And they they don't suffer so much with the the symptoms, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's what I tend to see um, in my practice. Mm, yeah, it is really interesting, isn't it? How different cultures approach it. And some don't even have kind of the same kind of words for, you know, <laughs> some of the symptoms that we have here in the West. So, um, so what advice then would you give to anyone listening who might be sort of maybe just beginning to notice those kinds of symptoms that you were talking about, or perhaps they're actually struggling quite a lot with those symptoms, or maybe just for someone who's, you know, just wanting to put good practices into place now, sort of so that they can navigate through the menopause more easily in the future? What kind of advice would you have? Sure. So I I go by the four pillars of balanced blood sugars, reduced stress, detoxification. But when I say detoxification, it's more about supporting your liver rather than going on some juice cleanse and sleeping well. 
So a lot of this stuff you can do kind of at any stage of your life. It's just with the menopause or perimenopause menopause, what tends to happen if we look at the say balancing blood sugars is that because what's happening is progesterone, which is one of our sex hormones has dropped, but estrogen is doing a slower drop and you can become something called estrogen dominant, which just means there's more estrogen in the system, which means which then has an impact on the fact that we tend to become insulin resistant. And if you've not heard that term before, it just means our body cannot use insulin in the same way that it used to. So what we tend to find we need to do is balance our blood sugars a lot more than perhaps we did when we were younger. And it's not just about diabetes. Whilst if you say blood sugars, a lot of people will automatically think about diabetes. For most of us, well, all of us need to be balancing our blood sugars. So this is where usually a low GI, you know, glycemic index diet, or you might have heard of a lower carbohydrate diet. Carbs aren't bad. I just want to point that out. It's just more kind of the ones that break down slower rather than faster so that you're not getting those blood sugar spikes. Because the problem is with repeated spikes and like roller coasters is that it causes more um, pressure, puts more pressure on the body and causes more inflammation. And we're trying to reduce that. So to balance your blood sugars, um, I'm sure this is definitely stuff that Catherine teaches. It's, you know, that having your plate with, you know, half of your plate with your vegetables, your green beans, cauliflower, broccoli, that sort of thing. You've got your whole grains. So brown rice, brown pasta you know, sweet potato, those sorts of things. And then some good quality protein, a quarter of your plate as well. And that, you know, if you can create that balanced plate effect, that will keep you fuller for longer and you won't get the roller coaster. So that's sort of balancing blood sugars in a, in a nutshell. Mm, yeah. So that was number one. So that was number one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget what I said for number two, but we'll go with reduced stress because <laughs> I can't remember which way around I did them all. So Cortisol, I find fascinating because we all need cortisol to live. It is one of our main hormones that the body needs to produce. And, you know, if we're in a situation where a car is coming at us, we need to jump out of the way. We need a surge of cortisol or adrenaline to move us out of the way. Okay, that is normal. The problem in today's society is that we're constantly stressed. And it's that chronic stress that is the problem, that chronic release of cortisol. And if you look at how sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone are made, cortisol comes first and then the sex hormones. So if you're needing to make more cortisol, all that happens is that you don't make the sex hormones as well as you could do. And so, again, that puts more pressure on the body. Cortisol needs glucose. So then we get back into the thing of, You'll find you'll want to eat more highly palatable foods, you know, your crisps, your cake, your chips. Now, I am a chip fiend. I will admit that. <laughs> but I recognize that it's all about balance and moderation. <laughs> but if you find you're eating a lot of those foods more often, you're then going to have excess. Um, you're going to get more insulin being released. Your body can't use it as well. And then you get weight gain. So that's why we talk about this spare tire, because You've got these excess of kind of insulin, which is another hormone, cortisol, all creating these lovely storm where we've got too much glucose and your body just goes, well, you're not using it. I'm just going to store it. And you get this lovely fat, um, your tire around your middle, which, you know, we all like, don't we? Mm. So it's how do you reduce your stress? So it's going for exercise. that's not going to stress you out. I think 
I don't know if you've seen this, Catherine, but I've seen this with my clients that they tend to end up doing more cardio exercise because they're like, oh, I'm gaining weight. So therefore I must do harder exercise. And actually you've got to flip it on its head mm-hmm. and you've got to do exercise that's going to calm the body down, like walking, stretching, Pilates, maybe some, you know, dancing, but not like hardcore dancing, fun things, you know, swimming. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about working with the body at this yeah. point. And lifting weights as well is really yes. important, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. We need to get those muscles. Yeah. Um, because actually increased muscle mass, we use more glucose as well. So mm-hmm. it's um and increased strength um too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so number one was balancing blood sugar and number two was reducing stress. Yes. And obviously there are many other things you can do to reduce stress, which we all know about and we all don't do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, number three, detoxification or the better way of saying it, support your liver. Right. So tell us why supporting your liver means detoxification. So. I think when we hear the word detox, everyone thinks of, like I've said before, that juice cleanse. But actually, our livers are constantly detoxifying what we take in, but also what's going on in the body. So I think our livers are, I mean, I love the body anyway, but our livers are one of those, oh, that's pretty awesome what they get up to. So they will break down anything. So stuff we eat, stuff that, you know, is in our bodies already, like hormones that have been used up medication kind of toxins that we get from the environment from products air pollution um that sort of thing it breaks down so that the body can get rid of it so it's constantly doing this so it breaks down our toxins in and then sort of combines it with other um enzymes to make it excretable so it goes out urine sweat poop so you know if we I, I'm a nurse. I'll always talk about poop, but you know, <laughs> it's about, we need to get rid of this stuff. That's why it's important. We, we're going to the toilet every day. Um, so what we want to do is support the liver in the best way possible to clear these toxins. Cause what happens is if it gets kind of backed up, if the toxins aren't getting out, we then find our symptoms can become worse. And that's what we kind of, we don't want that. We want the symptoms to be manageable. And so that's why we need this clear pathway. So to support the liver, it is things like keeping hydrated, making sure you're drinking plenty of water, reducing alcohol. And if possible, I I know this is difficult, but give up alcohol. I actually myself, I'm doing dry 2023. And whilst there are occasions I'm like, oh, I'd like a drink. Actually, the, the fact is I was finding that as I was drinking, I was waking up the next day and I, I'm not a big drinker, a couple of glasses of wine. And I was sluggish. I was wanting to eat more salty sugary foods I had brain fog I couldn't concentrate and Mm -hmm. so it does alcohol does impact our systems and it is something we do have to take into consideration but I also appreciate that it is a big thing to give up so I'm not just saying that's it never yeah I I was finding that it was beginning to wake me up in the middle of the night because that's another thing it can do to you kind of the effects wear off and then you find yourself waking up in the night and then then you don't get good sleep and then you have that knock-on effect the next day so definitely yes because it's a fun I find it funny in that people use it as a depressant but actually all it does is it um, raises your cortisol and because cortisol uh, and melatonin so melatonin is a sleep hormone they can't work together they work opposite so as your cortisol goes up your melatonin goes down and you wake up as you've just said yeah and then you're like wow now what am I gonna do (laughs) because I can't (laughs) go back to sleep (laughs) 
And I'd actually, there were times I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd actually feel my liver, my, my liver felt warm. Like it, I could feel it trying to get rid. And I was like, I can't, my body is telling me something. Yeah. I can't carry on. But I also appreciate that for, it's not, not everyone's going to want to give up alcohol. So, so yeah. Um, other ways you can support your liver, fruit and veg. Mm. Yeah, just get your, yeah. your, your fiber, your antioxidants. So antioxidants are just the good things that you will find in fruit and veg basically and good sources of protein you know if you're even if you're vegan through to meat eater it doesn't matter you can find good sources of protein because our bodies need protein in order to help well there's multiple functions but one of them is helping the process in the liver um, to clear things out so that's probably the main ways that you can help your liver without going on a you know a strict juice cleanse mm. um yeah yeah do you find those are helpful i mean if someone was interested in doing like a week's juice cleanse would you recommend that or what are your thoughts on juice cleansing it's not something of... i personally recommend i think the thing with juice cleanse is they often you you end up with juice and depending i guess what's in it but it gets rid of the fiber and we do have to be careful it's a bit like buying commercial orange juice isn't it it's just pure sugar and so there is an element sometimes of actually it's better to eat it in its whole form if you can, because it's got fiber and the fiber is going to help remove stuff easier than just drinking. And often most people are hungry mm. on the juice cleanse. And, and I don't believe it's right to be hungry. Like you can live. Like, I mean, yeah, we all have moments, granted, but it's about balance. For me, mm. it's about being doing what you can in a sensible way. Mm, absolutely great so anything else on step three for detoxification removing toxic chemicals where you can so a lot of our products that you can buy nowadays have what we call endocrine disrupting chemicals in them which have an basically have an impact on our hormones so it's going for you know your harsh chemical free makeup skincare um avoiding non-stick I know this all feels like if you've not if you're literally at the start of this and and I come in and go right so get rid of all of this you're you're probably going to go wowzers so I just say look as something needs replacing could you look at an alternative you know and then consider replacing it with with the alternative so it doesn't feel like such a massive undertaking all at once Mm. okay wonderful so we've had uh balancing blood sugar reducing stress detoxification and what was your step number four sleep well i mean i love to sleep yeah (laughs) sleeper that doesn't mean say like i like lounging in bed but i love to like sleep um so it's important that we prioritize sleep i think in this go 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 culture we we can just be guilty of staying up that little bit more watching that bit more tv being on our phones a bit longer like i do it you know we all do it but it's recognizing the impact of when we're not sleeping, what that does to us over time. And it's things like our body can't repair itself as effectively. You know, we find that we're probably going to be more stressed. So we eat more, you know, going back to what I said about stress earlier, we eat more sugary, salty foods when we're tired. You know, we're more likely to grab for the caffeine, which is a stimulant, which will then keep the stress hormone, the cortisol higher. Um, And so it's all these kind of vicious circles, really. So it's doing what you can to support yourself so that where possible, you know, avoid 
phones for at least 60 minutes before you go to bed if possible like I don't actually have my phone in my room anymore it's downstairs and I'm like okay well if I get an emergency call oops but I never get them so I just find actually I'm, I'm going to take it out of my room so because the thing is if it's in your room it's going to disturb you if it goes off um or it'll be the first thing you pick up in the morning and actually it's important that in the mornings we have at least 15 minutes just to get our head into the game before everyone else demands something from us um and then I I have an alarm that's a sunrise alarm I find that really useful mm. because it doesn't shock me out of sleep and actually I find that helps me in the day a lot better um what else is good for sleep ah that's it not eating three to four hours before you go to bed because if you've got too heavy a meal your body's going to be trying to digest it and then anything that's not used up in terms of glucose it's going to go you know you store it again alcohol if you're going to drink alcohol have it with a meal and three to four hours before bedtime so it doesn't have as we've already talked about the impact on sleep you know try having a cool room um if you shut the curtains especially this time of year if you shut the curtains it's going to help keep the room cool in the day in the day that is not um you know so keep yourself cool I think that's probably the main ones when it comes to sleeping really it's just prioritizing it isn't it and just going either have half an hour of tv or half an hour extra in bed I mean I'll always choose bed given a chance (laughs) (laughs) yeah wonderful okay so we've got some really great actionable steps there that you've recommended so um, step number one was to balance your blood sugar. And you talked about having that balanced plate, which I think is so helpful for people just to be able to, to see that they've got, as you were saying, you know, a good amount of um, healthy vegetables and then um, protein and good quality whole grains for their carbohydrates. Um, and then step number two is about reducing stress. And you talked about um, choosing exercise that's kind of relaxing and um, fun and enjoyable and, and not kind of, you know, sort of beating yourself to death at the gym um raising your cortisol levels that way so that was great and then the third step was detoxification and supporting your liver and you talked about drinking more water giving up alcohol eating more fruit and veg that was all wonderful and then finally you talked about sleeping well and your top tips were avoiding phones 60 minutes before bed and not eating three to four hours before bed and yeah, doing what you can do to just kind of wind down and relax in the evening to ensure that good quality sleep. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. If someone could just take maybe one or two things away from this episode, you know, what would you say to them um, for someone who is like struggling a little bit with menopausal symptoms? You know, what would you suggest? So any of the four steps I, I would probably say, but I think the biggest thing is don't beat yourself up. I think there's this element of I'm useless. I can no longer do what I used to do. And we put a lot of blame, shame on ourselves. And actually it's, it's that compassion to go, do you know what? I might not be feeling my best and I might not be able to do, you know, you might hear all these four steps and feel like, oh my word, that's a lot, but just do what you can. Sometimes it's as simple as adding things in, you know, you've got whatever meal you've got, you just go, do you know what? I'll add in some broccoli. It doesn't always have to be, you know, drastic changes. It can just be little things. So mm-hmm. do what's manageable for you. And the more smaller steps of consistency you take, the more likely you are to see change over the long term. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. 
Great. Well, thank you so much, Claire. So if um, if listeners wanted to find out a little bit more about you and what sure. you do, where can they find you online? So I'm at nourishtosore.co.uk. I'm also at Instagram and Facebook under nourish Great. I'll put those links in the show notes after this thank episode. You. So it's been so lovely chatting with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. Hey, quickly, before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to your podcast provider and leave me an honest review. That way, more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode or of your review and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Coaching and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. Until next time.